Lord, we thank you for the cross, right? You know, the enemy doesn't want you to know this, but uh, God is not in the process of defeating the enemy. The enemy was defeated 2,000 years ago. And we are just here to enjoy the fruit of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So whatever it is that you're facing today, whatever it is, it's all, the victory has already been paid for. The breakthrough has already been paid for at the cross. I'm so happy to see you all here today. Look at somebody and say, you're looking pretty good today. What happened? There's something happening. You, apparently, you're doing something right. Wow, it seems like this summer will never end. Am I right? <laughs> I can't believe it's in the middle of July. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's so hot. What's up? It, it seems like it just is going to keep going. But thank God it will be over soon. I look at my backyard and think about mowing the grass. And I'm thinking, I ain't going out there. You could die out there today. I ain't going out there. <laughs> then I talk my wife into it like, honey, it's about to rain. It's cool right now. You might want to get out there. She actually did it yesterday. That is the power of faith right there. <laughs> I've been talking about the power of faith. And I really want you to understand this because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Not the general faith that you have, like, oh, I believe in God, and I believe in heaven, and I believe in the Bible. Those, that's wonderful faith. And some of you maybe, not, maybe you don't believe in God yet. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. And that is a powerful faith to just believe that at the cross, what he did paid for all of your past and paid the price for you to spend eternity with him and to have this life inside of you right now. It's just wonderful. Uh, but I want you to understand that the Bible says that God has given us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. So those two things to me. Say life and to godliness. So in other words, God has given you what you need to be godly, but he's also given you what you need for your life. Everybody understands you've got to have a house, you need a car, you, you need health, you need, you know, love in your life. Is that right? You know what I'm talking about. Where's he at? Where's Jamal at? Jamal, where you at? There he is. Like, Emma, just wave your hand. Everybody needs love in their life, right? Jamal's looking for a wife right now. I'm just wanting to encourage him right now. Look, it's the power of faith. There you are right there. He's, he, <laughs> he's, there you go. Everybody needs love, and we love you, man, but we're waiting for that big moment to come. I will be in that number. But everybody has, in this life, you have certain needs, right, that, that God knows that you not just need to go to eternity and have, be with Jesus and be godly, but you need things in your real life. So all of that that he's given us, he gave us in promised form, like the promised land. God gave it to you, but you got to go take it. The children of Israel, God promised them the promised land, but they had to have the courage to go take what God gave them, right? And so people without courage are lazy people are people who didn't really believe what God said. They died in the wilderness having a promise, but not having the courage to go get that promise. So it is important that you learn it takes faith. Something has to rise up in you to say, I know that all the promises of God to me are true, but I have to come into faith to access those promises. So it, it requires a little responsibility, right? Nobody gets... The benefit of the cross of salvation without faith. 
Well, God saved everybody. Well, potentially it is true that everybody could go to heaven. But they have to come into faith personally and say, that's for me. So everything in your life, you have to come into faith personally and receive it. Nothing, just, nothing is like, throw me something, mister. It has, it's a result of faith. No one gets saved by accident or by because God felt sorry for you. God provided something on the cross for you, but you have to access it by faith. So, so is everything, whether it's healing in your body, a great marriage, wonderful children, a, a great job, all those things. Now, God is generally good to us, but if you want to access promises, you have to come into faith. Are you with me? So last week we were talking, so this is important. So I've been so excited. I know I've been preaching fast, you know, so, but, but I'm just so excited about the subject because it really does change your worldview. It changes the view of your life when you step into the realm of faith. And last week we talked about the pick, you know, I, I said pick, P-I-C, is, is, is how you walk into faith, the pick, all right? P is for prepare, I is for incubate, and C is for confess. Well, where do we get that from? Well, primarily we get it from Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God prepared the heavens and the earth. So God prepared in his heart what he wanted. He created it in his heart before he created it. So in Genesis 1, 1, God creates it. And then Genesis 1, 3, God starts creating it. You, you understand that it, it all begins here. It all begins here. And so we talked a little bit yet last week about coming into the fourth dimension. We live in a three-dimensional world, right? It's, it's wide, it's deep, and it's high. That's the three dimensions. But there is a dimension called the fourth dimension, which is the spiritual dimension, where God created the whole world. And last week we talked about, we, Hebrews 11 says, we understand by faith that the things that we see were not made by something that we can see. Everything that you can see was made by something that was invisible. So we understand that the invisible world created the visible world, not the other way around. The visible world didn't create the spiritual world. The spiritual world created the visible world. Therefore, the fourth dimension contains and controls the three dimensions because it made it. So when you're having a problem, it's subject to change from the fourth dimension. I know it sounds like spooky, but I'm just helping you on. It's another way of seeing it. Do you get what I'm saying? In other words, I don't care if it's cancer or your kids are having issues, or your marriage is having maybe financial issues. This is in the 3D world, right? But there is a 4D that contains and controls the 3D. So if you could get into the 4D, you could contain and control the 3D. Now, this is not mind over matter, because there are uh, false religions that teach mind over matter, and, uh, you know, Tom Cruise and all these guys are part of those kinds of things. Uh, and and the re those things operate based on something like this. Human beings do have a spirit. And even without God, you can create things. In the Far East, they get healings. They have all kinds of things happen. Uh, mind over matter. They have people visualizing their healing and visualizing. And they get healed. Why? Because you have a tremendous amount of power inside of you because you're made in God's image and his likeness. This is not what we do. We go into the realm of the spirit and connect with Jesus. We connect with the one who made it all. And we know he knows your purpose, your dreams. He knows your, all, the, all about your life. He already knows. And when you connect with those promises, you begin to ask for the things he wants to do. And this partnership creates what the Lord's Prayer says, your kingdom come. Your will be done. So we get to that place where we are beginning to pray 
what God wants and what we want, and we get in this huge partnership with God. So that's called faith. Are you with me? So there is, you have a spirit. Well, actually, you are a spirit. You have a body. You have a soul. But you are a spirit. So you have certain amount of fourth dimensional ability. When you know people are big on meditating these days, like oh man, they're trying to replace God with meditation. Well, we've been known about meditating forever. We we call it speaking in tongues. <laughs> we've been known about that, but they're just discovering because they want uh, they want a spiritual life outside of any any um, accountability to God. That's how Satan got in trouble, and that's how people get in trouble. They try to use what they have to avoid God. Well, you were not made to avoid God. You were made to come into a partnership with God. Are you with me? So you have to come into that partnership by faith. And we talked about last week that the fundamental building block of that partnership is your ability to do what no animal. You have to have a spirit to do what I'm about to say. Okay? You have to have a spirit. So just let's just practice. Close your eyes. Can you see a yellow lemon, a bright yellow lemon? Can you see it? Okay. Now, in your mind, take one of those knives out of your drawer and cut the lemon in half. Can you see that? Okay. Now, take it. Now, move it toward your mouth. Now, take a big bite of that lemon. Can you? You know, if you got a good imagination, you can almost like, ooh. Why? You know, you know, animals can't do that because that's the basic building block of entering in the fourth dimension. Because it is the spiritual part of you. And that's why the enemy controls people through imaginings of lust and all pornography. It's all about getting you to imagine things. Use your fourth dimensional ability to ruin your life. That's what it's about. It's co-opting your ability to see something before it happens and, make it, and turning it into something destructive. You know, the, the, the pornography thing's only been since the 70s, but it's been a great weapon of ha having people leave their current circumstance and move into something else, and they do it habitually, and they, it, begin, they, it begins to control their life. This is, this is your imagination connecting with a demonic image, and it's working against you. Are you with me? And it, or the enemy will try to get you to use your fourth dimensional ability to become afraid. So instead of imagining that your kids are going to be healthy and happy and strong and, and successful and all those things, he's got you imagine they're going to get killed in an accident somewhere. So you are therefore using your fourth dimensional power as a spiritual being to bring negative things to your life. Isn't that what Job said? The thing I feared most came upon me. So the thing you feared, Job was perfect, but he did fear losing everything. Because we found out when he said it, the thing I feared all the time, constantly, I meditated on, it came upon me. That's why you'll find many rich people who are more miserable than the poorest person in this room. Because they can't enjoy anything because they're so afraid they're going to lose it. It becomes, it, becomes their, it becomes their security blanket. And they, they've got to have it because they, they've made it a God. That's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Because you're, you're missing the point. Having stuff doesn't mean anything. It's going to be here one day and gone the other. The only thing that matters is your divine purpose before God. You've got to find out why you were born and what you're supposed to do and get on with it. It's the only thing that matters. After you give your life to Christ and you have secured eternity, the only thing that's going to matter is when you get there, what are you going to have to say for your life? What did you do with what you had? 
your opportunities, your resources, the moments, the, the, the information that God gave you. All of this has to do with the enemy tries to take your ability to imagine and to see things and to visualize things. And he turns it against you. So you're sitting, even some people, even in this room, you're imagining you're at lunch already. Like, I ain't even listening to this. I'm at lunch right now. You've done it before. Maybe not right now. It's still early. Some people drifting away in about 15 minutes. Like, oh, I'm going out of here. Why don't we have for lunch? And it's true, you know. Have you ever seen someone talking to you and they've got that glazed over look, their eyes start spinning, you know they're not listening to you? I mean, phones have made that just part of our life. You're talking to somebody like, and, you're, and then suddenly you can see, oh, you're not with me, are you? You're somewhere else. So th this, is a, this is an undisciplined imagination is how you become a confused individual. So every time you give your fourth dimensional ability or the ability to see something before it happens, every time you yield it to an imagination of evil, well, it's not a sin for me to imagine it. Well, I think it might be. Jesus said a man uh, has, he, he says if he's looked upon a woman to lust after her, he's already committed adultery. Sounds like you work accountable for that imagination. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I didn't say it. You don't have to like it. Well, I didn't actually do it. Yeah, but Jesus said, you're kind of accountable for the. Your imagination is where it all starts. Your ability to visualize. So you've got to take, rein in. The Bible says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Take all that fear, all that worry, all that stress, all that junk and say, I'm taking it captive. My imagination is only for the promises of God. That's good preaching. We can leave right now. If you get that. So you might as well right now. You weren't here last week. We had communion and we sanctified our imagination, said no more weird, destructive imaginations. We're going to take every thought captive and focus it on God's promises. And we're going to start calling those things that are not as though they are. That's how God works. In the beginning of Genesis, he said he prepared. And then the Bible says he incubated. Over the face of the water, the Holy Spirit moved and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. So God gives us everything in potential form. So your life is a mess. Perfect. You got to learn how to hover with the Holy Spirit. But look, you can't change it by being stressed or mad at white people or mad at whoever. You can't stress out over it. You just got to get with God who made it all because it is subject to change. That mess is subject to change by what is happening between you and God. You know, you've prepared, you know what it is that you want. And now you're hovering with the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible gave us speaking in tongues in the book of Acts. I know it's not popular, but it's in the, it's in the Bible. That God poured out His Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. Why? The Bible says in Romans, sometimes you don't know how you should pray. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit with groanings that can't be uttered, suddenly you're praying according to the will of God. There you go. Why? Because this is the essence of incubation. You don't always know what you're doing, so sometimes you just got to just go off and like, God says, I don't know what you're, they don't know what you're saying, but I know what you're saying. And you're like, I don't even know what I'm saying. Right. The Bible says your understanding is unfruitful. You don't even know what you're saying. But you know what? Your spirit is praying, and your spirit is getting this thing right because God gave you a secret weapon so that you can incubate. So now you're incubating. Sometimes don't even know what you're supposed to be praying. But you had an idea of something that you wanted for your children, and you and the Holy Spirit, this is what I want. Now you are beginning to work. You're hovering like the Holy Spirit did over the without form and void and over the darkness that was on the deep. And you're incubating. Boom, I'm incubating, I'm incubating. And suddenly the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And you see the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. 
He said, be healed. He spoke this way when he operated in faith. He didn't pray, oh, Lord, please do this or that. He said he spoke and created. So this is the basic uh, stairway of entering into faith. Number one, prepare. Prepare. What do you want? Number two, incubate. Make sure it's what God wants and make sure that you own that thing. Number three, you confess. And when you say what God says and you say it with authority, it's coming into being. Now, it sounds too simple. Everything in God is simple. It's just not easy. It's not for the lazy. It's not for the distracted or the wounded even. It's for those who say, wait a second, let me get this straight. Okay? So that's, that's where we were. Now, here's an important scripture. I want you to write it down because it's going to help you in this process. John 15, 7. I love Jesus here. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you want and it will be done for you. Now, either Jesus is not telling the truth or he's explaining something that's important. So everybody wants that last line, and it shall be done unto you. Everybody wants that. But that first two things, abide. Not just Sunday morning, looking at the screens. Abide means to live with, not to visit. It means to continually abide. This is what we could call incubation, where you have a promise from God, you read his word, and now you're incubating over your situation with what God promised you. Are y'all still with me? You're beginning to incubate. Like, what is that? Listen, this is how God works. This is how Jesus lived. He said, look, you need to abide and stop popping in and out. You need to focus. If you abide, don't you like that? If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. If you don't pay attention, you're not going to access the promise of God. Well, God's just going to do for everybody no matter what. That is not true. Did you watch the news last night? It don't work out for everybody. There are people that die in crack addicts. Oh, that would never, oh, it happens. There are Christians that die. People that gave their life to Christ die in a crack addict. Well, God, oh, God's going to take care. God's going to take care of it all when you step into his promises and begin to see his promises applied to your life. Then you will see the hand of God and praying will be the most exciting part of your week. You'll look, I'm going to, you'll, have, you'll be on the way to work thinking, I better take this time to just start praying. I'm going to pray over my children on the way to work. And you just start praying in the Holy Spirit over your children. Like, why waste this time listening to country music? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I got nothing against country music, but look, I don't want to waste my time. I got things to do. I got things to build. I got to incubate some things. I got to see some things coming forth. Y'all might have seen little Noah up there on the drum, on the, on the single drum, and you saw a little, little, let me tell you, let me just prophesy. Noah is going to be a great drummer. Put it, write it down this day. Pastor Bray said it. He's going to be, I'm just going to declare, I can tell you that's going to be a great drummer right there. Why? I know it. This is something I incubated. This is something I have declared. I'm declaring it publicly right now before it happens so you'll know it. And that little girl in the middle, Honor, that's a worship leader. She's a dancing Holy Spirit worship leader. You have not seen what that girl is going to explode on the world. Look, man, I get scared when I think about what she's going to do. It's going to be so awesome. Not really scared, but I just am amazed. 
And this is the dimension that you should be in over your children, your life, your marriage, your circumstances. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you want. So don't say, I don't even know what I want. I'm way too humble to even want anything. Stop all that. That's religious. It's an excuse because you just don't want to think about stuff. Prepare yourself. What do you want in your family? What do you want in your marriage? What has God promised you in your finances? What has God promised you in your physical body? Well, I'm not sure if I want it or not. You don't want it? Or you don't want to engage in the world of faith and fight for it? Because all those that didn't go into the promised land, they had the promise, but they were too afraid to fight for it. Are you those that walk around in the wilderness until you die? Are you those that step into faith and say, God promised me that, and I'd rather die than live without it. I'm going to have what God promised me. See, this really has to do with who you are, not who God is. We already know God's awesome. We're about to find out if you're awesome. We already know God is good. We're about to find out, are you good? Are you going to respond to God's goodness, or are you just going to ignore what he promised you and say, I'm just willing to just struggle my whole life? Ah, that is not humility, that's stupidity. Uh, if I have a check for a million dollars in my office and you're too busy to come get it, I'm just going to say, you stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm really busy, got to go to lunch right now. I'll say, you're going to pick up the million dollars? No, nah, no, nah, right now, I'm just busy. I'm going to say, you need help. There's a vital connection between consistency in his word and the presence of God. So he inspires the right desires. Y'all know this scripture. It says, uh, what does it say? It says, delight yourself in the Lord, incubate. Delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Doesn't it say that in the book of Psalms? It does. You know what actually it says in the Hebrew? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires he places in your heart. See, when you are not in the presence of God, everything seems too hard to ask about. But when you get in the presence of God, suddenly God says, this is what's for your children. This is what's for your life. This is what I have for your grandchildren. This is what I have for you. Suddenly the impossible seems reality and you become, you get up in God's level. See, you need to stop asking God to come down to your level. You need to get up where he is. And that's what it means. Let God put some desires in your heart. Well, I can't believe it. Look, look at my husband. He's without form and void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. <laughs> you got to hover over that joker. <laughs> you got to hover over and put some oil on him while he's sleeping, like da 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 da. Because if you're looking at him in the natural, you're like, I've made a huge mistake, and there's no way out. I can't kill him. I have kids, I can't kill them. And they'll catch me for sure. I've seen it on TV. They'll catch me. <laughs> so you got to look at that mess and not be intimidated by it. You got to not be afraid of that situation, that financials. You got to stop being afraid of these things. And you got to say, I can enter into another dimension. I can begin to visualize that God's promises are true in my life. I can, be in, I can enter this dimension. I can connect with the Holy Spirit. I know this. I just got to say this because, you know, I'm a music fan and there was a, a a song written by a guy named uh, Beatle named uh, John Lennon called Imagine. And uh, some people even have T-shirts. I have the word Imagine in my office. But it is a, it's a demonic suggestion put in song form, a worship form. It's actually written in gospel style. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us and above us on the sky. Imagine all the people living for today. You, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. 
I hope someday you will join us and the world will live as well. This is a satanic antichrist suggestion and Christians are going, hey, the world will be as one. And you're like, are you guys out? You are now, not only are you entering into dimension agreeing with the flesh, now you're entering the dimension of faith agreeing with the antichrist. I just like the sound of it. I know. There's a lot of things you like the sound of. You got to let go if you want to. If you want to enter into another dimension, you have to stop confusing the thing. But one day you're serving God, the next day you're serving all those idols. I even got to my sermon yet. Oh, it's going to be a long day today. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing you. I will let you out. I will let you out. But this is an important thing. I want you, to, if you have your Bible. Um, I want you to look at Genesis 13, 14, and we'll try to get to at least one of these points today. And then, look, don't miss next week because it's going to be, it's going to rock your world. I mean, the best points are toward the bottom. I'm serious. If you miss this, you're going to say, golly. It, you say, well, I'll listen on podcasts. You know what? That only works about half the time. You push Pastor Bray's sermon, and you're like, what? Hey, you missed it. It was gone. You'll be like. Mikhail, why didn't you? <laughs> Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, Genesis 13, 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, excuse me, Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Keep reading. Arise and walk through the land and its length and its width, for I give it to you. Period. Now, I want you to look at a couple of things. I want to give you six stunning revelations about the power of faith from here because this is our next step because I want you to understand it's not just using your imagination for five minutes and everything's going to work out. It has to do with entering into a dimension where you own something, where you possess something. I told you a couple weeks ago, would you rather have the title of a truck without a truck or a truck without a title? Well, give me the title without the truck because if I have the title, the legal authorities will get that truck for me. But if I have a truck without a title... Anybody can come take it, whoever owns it can take it. So God has you owning something before you get it. That's what faith is. Faith is owning something before you can have it. So nothing's keeping you from owning it. This is just about you and Jesus. Yeah, but I don't have the money for it. Don't worry about the money. Yeah, but I don't have, I don't have the job. My husband never. Listen, forget about the mess. Begin to put yourself in a position to say what God promised is coming to my life. And then suddenly you're going to own something. And it's going to be much different. It's going to have much different results than just wishing and hoping. Number one, sometimes, now this is for somebody here today. Sometimes God removes good things so you can see God things. What does it say? It says, after Lot was separated from him, the Lord said, put it up there again, Genesis 15. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Read that line. After what? Separate. All right, some of you got to separate from a lot. 
You can't see in the spiritual dimension if you're living with somebody shacked up with somebody. You say, Pastor Fred, that's hard. I'm just telling the truth. You got to separate from some things. You can't be doing all those wrong things, expect to see from heaven. Well, you're just being mean. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you. There, God, some of you are so mad because you lost that boy. I lost that boyfriend. I lost my boyfriend. God, why did, why did I lose that boyfriend? And God said, if I hadn't taken that boyfriend from you, you wouldn't be seeing what you're seeing right now. Better to be on the outside wanting in than the inside wanting out. <laughs> and all the very people say, he's right, he's right. You better listen. I didn't listen. You better listen. <laughs> you don't know about bills yet. Listen, you can be so angry because something happened to your car. God's about to give you a new car. You can so be, be so angry about something that happened. That thing that happened kept you from getting in a big accident. So don't be worried about something that you lose. Now, Lot, he loved his nephew. Uh, uh, Abraham loved his nephew, Lot. Abraham didn't have a boy at that point. Abram didn't have a boy at that time. And so he, you know, like most of us, we just draw close to our little nephews. When we don't have a son, I, I used to imagine my nephews like Kirk, Kirk Gray Morrison. His name was, his name was mine. And so I used to imagine he was a little blonde hair. I used to put him on my shoulders and imagine he was my son because he was my nephew. But I was, all those fatherly instincts were being, you know, realized in my, my nephew that was on my shoulders. And I started imagining being a father. When I was around him, so Abram didn't have any children, and so God told him to leave out of your land and leave your whole family. And he said, well, could I just have my nephew Lot, please? God didn't tell him that. That was Abraham's. How, how come we just add on sometimes? Like, uh, could I just have one little, I was just going to keep just a little bit of that mess. Uh, I'm getting rid of most of it, though. I'm down to one beer. Well, I'm going to keep that, I'm keeping that beer now. I mean, uh, and look, and some of you just don't want to let go. You don't want to let go. Like you're, willing to, you're willing to give up 75%. Like, I'll give up. I used to play video games all the time. I was playing 24-7. Now I'm only spending seven hours a day. I mean, God, let's make a deal here. Come on. And God's saying, you know what? That thing you're holding on to is keeping you from seeing what I have for you. It may not be a sin. You might be able to justify it, but that thing, you, that little attitude that you hold, that little rebellion, that little, what, that little thing, that little doubt that you're holding on to, that's the thing that's keeping you from seeing what God has. Not a bad deal when you trade what you can't lose for what you'll never lose. I mean, what you can't keep for what you'll never lose. Let me say it again. It's not a bad deal to trade what you can't keep for what you'll never lose. God said, look, God said, I'm a, some of you still... Upset with God because he took something from you. Listen, if he hadn't taken that from you, you couldn't see what you're about to see today. Well, why did my nephew have to leave? Why did my nephew, why is the fight we all had a big, look, those th God moved some things out of your life. Listen to me. God moved some things out of your life so you could be here right now. You're not dead yet. Stop grieving over something that had to go. It had to go. Well, I don't want, you had, had to go. Sometimes God removes something out of your life so you can see. God removes some good out of your life so that you can see God. Number two, vision is not at, it's from. Now listen, write it down. 
put it on Facebook. It won't make any sense. No one will understand it. <laughs> Pastor Ray said, this is not at his phone. You look like, I ain't going there. You can't even understand what he's saying. <laughs> Let me explain. It's not a great point on its own. <laughs> but when you actually have to put it with the scripture, it, may make some, it might make some sense. There. So here, let me help you. Here, here's what it is. The Bible says, he said, get up, Abraham. And then he says what? Look from the place where you are. The beginning step in moving into faith. Stop looking at the place where you are and start looking from the place where you are. Listen, it doesn't matter where you start. Well, I don't, I don't hardly even know the Bible. Doesn't matter where you start. Just matters where you're going. I made some mistakes. Doesn't matter where you start. Just matters where you're going. God doesn't care about the past. Faith is in the future. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? It's very hard to look at your present circumstance and at the same time look at your future opportunity. They fight one another. And Christians that get obsessed, like my car broke down, I got a cough, I think I'm coming down with something. And right now I'm, I'm gained five pounds and it all went right here. <laughs> God help me. Okay, stop. stop. You're just off. You're just off. Because God doesn't hear complaining. He doesn't hear moaning. He doesn't hear. God speaks one language, the language of faith. He doesn't hear begging. This covenant is this, it goes like this. You bring some faith, I'll bring some power. Now, I'm not changing that covenant because you don't like it. It is the covenant that was sealed at the cross with the blood of Jesus. Here's the deal. you got to bring some faith, and I'm going to bring some power. Well, it's not going to be. It doesn't have to be easy. We're going to have to war against some giants. But you got to war against those giants this way. you got to say, I'm not going to look at where I am. It's irrelevant where I am. You're not going to look at what you've been through. You're not going to cry about, well, if God was with me, why would I? Stop all that. Is this your whole life? Is this how it's going to be your whole life? Is this you? Are you going to say, wait a second, I don't care where I start. Let me tell you where I'm going. I'm about to go where God is. I'm going to go have to go where God's promises are. I'm going to stop obsessing with my problems, and I'm going to start beginning to meditate on God's promises. I said I'm going to stop obsessing over my problems and start meditating on God's promises. Number three, vision must be clear and comprehensive. Vision must be clear and comprehensive. Listen to me. God told, uh, told Abram, he said, come out here. Come out here. And he said, okay. And he walks out. Now, God said, okay. Now, look to the north. He said, okay. Now, look to the south. Okay. Now, look. To the east. He said, all right. And look to the west. He said, all right. And he said, well, let me, just, let me just give you a little something here. Whatever you can see, you can have. You know, he was, his eyes were bugging out like, whoa, I think I see New Orleans from here. I mean, God made you a deal and said, hey, whatever you can see, you can have. It means that God is, is telling you. Uh, you must uh, understand that God's vision for your life is comprehensive. Now, let, let, me, let me give you some suggestions because I want you to get into faith, okay? It's fun. 
So let me just give you some suggestions of what you could look at as north, south, east, and west. These are four things, right? So I, I'm going to help you because this kind of jump starts some people. Let's call north, number one, let's call north your relationship with God. How far can you see? Can you see you're preaching? You're praying for people? You're doing miracles? You're prophesying? You're out of that old habit and you're into pure freedom? Suddenly all your old friends you used to party with, now you're bringing them out of the pit that you're in? Can you see that thing, that relationship with God, instead of you constantly drifting into depression, constantly drifting into hopelessness, can suddenly you see yourself moving into something else with God, where you and God, like she was saying, you and God are like this, and suddenly God's thinking something, and you're thinking at the same time? How many want a relationship like that? Well, that relationship was paid for by the blood of Jesus, but you've got to dream it. Right now, I don't know. Don't worry about where you are. Right now, I don't even hear the voice again. Don't worry about it. That's where you're starting. We're about to go somewhere else. Can you dream it? Can you dream it? Can you dream? See, you're thinking, well, what is, I already have a relationship with God. Are you raising the dead yet? Then you don't have one like Jesus had. And Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And Jesus is not a liar. He said, look, I'm just the starting point for where you're going to end up. He's just saying, come on, dream. Don't you love Peter uh, sees Jesus walking on the water, the huge storm is happening, and, and, and everybody's freaking out. And Peter says, hey, Jesus, if that's you, could I walk on the water too? Jesus said, bring it, boy. And he said, well, he went down. He went down, but he's the only man to ever walk on water next to Jesus. Because he dared dream it. He said, that means if you're walking on the water, that means I can walk on the water. This is a great revelation for every Christian. If Jesus did it, that means I can do it. If Jesus had it, that means I can have it. If Jesus has that relationship, then I can have that relationship with God. I'm a son too. The Bible said that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What Joint heirs. Meaning whatever Jesus inherits, we inherit. Your relationship with God. And let's call... Let's go to the south here and look at the south and say, this is my family and my marriage. Someone said, well, what are you talking about? Well, let's, let's begin to incubate the promise of God. The Bible said that a wife, when a man has found a wife, he's found a good thing. I like that. That was like, that's like Motown language, a good thing. All the men just say good thing. All the negative things are leaving your, mouth, your mind and your mouth. About your wife, and you're going to say, just say it to yourself, even if it's not true for a second, for this moment. Just say, I found a good thing. Oh, no, I didn't even hear even a whistler from me there. Uh, come on, you can say it. I know you can. Just say, I found a, come on, Greg, say, I found a good thing. <laughs> Did he say it? He said it. Come on, Greg, wave your hand. Come on, man. You found a good thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Bible says a man has found a wife, he's found a good thing, and he's found favor from the Lord. Now, I don't know what your marriage might look like, and maybe you don't even have a marriage, but I've got a promise for you that God already, if you're an ugly person, God has an ugly wife for you. <laughs> hey, that might be your problem. You might be shooting way too high. <laughs> you, you trying to, you are to shop at Neiman Marcus and you just got Walmart money. <laughs> that could be your problem. You got to look in the mirror. Let's be honest about this. 
<laughs> you Walmart, look, those people at Walmart, they're just as happy as anybody else. They're still full of the Holy Ghost. They're full of the joy. Of the, come on, somebody. They're still hugging somebody at night. They still got a partner for life. You're trying, to, you're trying to look at Gucci, and you just got, you don't even have a broke-down credit card. You got a, a few dollars in your pocket. You're shopping at Gucci. Look, God has. Oh, I know what God has. Come on, let's get with God. Stop just fantasizing. <laughs> you got to get real on it, and you got to say, hey, what, is, what, what does God has for me? <laughs> we just have way too much fun. It's true, though. Let's call that your, your family. Do you have any dreams for your children? Because I have dreams for mine. And I can tell you, some of you don't know, but the girl leading worship, that's my daughter. And that's my son-in-law, and my, really my son, playing the, the guitar back there. And that's my formerly high school dropout son <laughs> playing the drums right there and preached a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I was amazed, just like you. I was like, did that happen? And the girl that's the youth pastor, that's my daughter, and that's my wonderful son from Columbia. And that is the product of dreams. I'm not better than anybody else, but I got the same pro promises you have, and I've just been incubating. Like, uh, I have, number one, my relationship with God, I'm moving on. I got my family, that's number two. I got my family. Do, I, do you have any dreams about your children? Well, I don't ask for something. You better start asking. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you'll have them. He said, you, you better put your desires in your mouth. You better get those desires out of your mouth. Praying is saying. Praying is not thinking, well, I'm just hoping. No, no, it's not hoping. Praying is saying. It's courageously saying, my daughter is going to be awesome. Your daughter is going to be awesome. That is a worship leader. That is a wonderful, passionate evangelist, she's going to turn around that curse that the enemy tried to bring on your family. She's going to be the first generation that has so, because of you, she's going to have such an abundant blessing on her life. She is. And she, it's on her right now. She's special because you, you turned it around, you and Jesus. And so it, it stops being like, you know, hoodoo, spiritual, weird. When you start thinking about those babies and what God has planned for them, you get ready to go to war. Like, wait a second, got to start fighting for my babies. This is more than me. My kids have a destiny, and I'm going to fight with the promises of God, and I'm going to incubate, and I'm going to confess. And let's just go to the, to the West over here. What is the West? Well, let's call the West, I, I made a mistake, because I went straight. I made a mistake. Let me, let me rewind. Relationship with God, let's call this your physical health. Let me tell you why. Because if you are broke down and tired and sick, you can't help your kids or your wife. If you wear yourself out, stressed out, broke down, heart blow up, listen, you can't help anybody. So it's important that by his stripes you are healed. It's important that you have a dream. You say, well, I'm, all those people, I'm getting old. I'll tell you, brother, I'm just getting old. I can't even move anymore. Your nervous system is hearing you talk, and they're like, shut it down. Hair, fall out. Everything begin to sag. I mean, your own body's listening to your spiritual words and just taking, um, so I have some of my friends, I'm so old, I'm old now. I'm like, hey, you old, don't say, look, I'm not even going to the class reunion. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if y'all are there, I ain't even going because y'all are like the keepers of the crypt. <laughs> y'all already died. I ain't going to the, look, I'm not going to dance around to 70s music with y'all. Uh -uh. I'm out. 
Because if y'all want to be old and die, go ahead. But the Bible says that my youth is continually being renewed because there's a spirit inside of me that's bigger than the years I've been on this planet. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm vibrant. I'm going to live to see the glory of God. Come on, all of you guys, just say, good, say God is adding strength to my life. You heard me say it before. Prophesy over your, come on, if you're over 30, prophesy over your body. Say, body. Hear the word of the Lord. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, I'm dreaming. I'm not just criticizing my body. I'm incubating over my body. I'm speaking in my body. I'm not about to get old. Moses left here with all his natural strength and his eyesight was not diminished at all. If I got to go one day, I'm going like that. I'm going with all my natural strength without my eyesight being dimmed. Because this is the promise of God to my life. I'm going to be there for my children. I'm going to be there for my grandchildren. I'm going to be there for my great-grandchildren. I'm going to see this building filled. I'm going to see that building filled. I'm going to see Baton Rouge building filled. I'm going to live to see the glory of God. I'm not about to retire. I'm refiring with the power of the Holy Spirit. I am. So north was what? Your relationship with God. South was what? Your physical body. West was what? Your, your marriage and your family. East? Your ministry. Your ministry. Everybody say my ministry. The only thing that you get to take from this place is what you did for Jesus. That's it. Not money, not houses. The only thing you're taking was what you did with the opportunity that you had. That's the only thing that's eternal. People are the only thing that are going with you. You need to focus yourself on God's dream. And you need to get serious and say, how many people have I won? How many people? I, I love that movie. Some of it was terrible, of course. But that movie, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. At the end, you know, he's this guy that used his influence to save. They call him the Schindler Jews. And it was a, about 300 Jews he, he saved. I think it was 300 or something like that. And at the very end, he's walking. The war is over, and he's, you know, Hitler's a criminal, and things are happening. He's walking out, looking at his rings and stuff that he has, and he's saying, he's saying, I could have, I could have had one more person with that. And he starts looking at the shame of all the money that he wasted. Of every one of that, every one of those dollars could have been a person that he saved. At the time of that movie, there was over three thousand Schindler Jews. Because this man said, you know, my life is more than business. My life is about God's business. And I want to tell you all that whether you work as a butcher or baker or a candlestick maker, in God's eyes, you're in the full-time ministry. And God wants to promote you, and he wants to bless you financially, and he wants to use you in your career. But remember this, everything you do is your ministry. So every time you say, what about my finances? Say, this is my ministry. If I work at Burger King, I got a Burger King ministry. Come on, somebody. If I'm incarcerated, I got a jail ministry. If I'm at home, I got a ministry to, pe to women that are home. God recruited me into his great full-time ministry. And I'm starting to dream that I could win some people before I leave here. That I can make some disciples, not just make money. I'm going to make more than money. I'm going to make disciples. And I'm going to see eternity change because of my life. And every single, well, if I could be in the ministry like you, listen, my job, is to, my job is to equip you for the ministry. My ministry is to equip you for the ministry. 
We're not going very far if you're waiting for me to do it. But if I could get you equipped, we could become a great army and change the whole world. But you have to dream God's dream. You'll never dream that kind of dream living for yourself and trying to get by by yourself. But God has a great dream for your ministry, and it's going to include your job and your finances and all that you have. It's all for the glory of God. That's why the Bible says whatever you do, do with all your heart as unto the Lord because God's the one that's giving you the paycheck. Everything you do, if you're a plumber, everything you do, do with all your heart as unto the Lord because this is your ministry. Make sure, what does the Bible say? Let your light so shine before men that they might see how good you work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He said, don't just let your, your light shine at, in church when the music's playing, but when you're out there working, let your light shine so they can say, look how good she is. Look how good he is. Look how good they are. I just glorify God. Where did you get that? Every time I go to Chick-fil-A, I think, man, somebody's on the ball. Whoever did this, they got the Holy Ghost. Shut down on Sunday and make more money than everybody else. This is God's dream. You are the colorful ones. You are the ones with the wisdom. You are the one with the favor. You are the one with the glory of God on your marriage and your children and your life. You are the one with the blessing. You are the one with the joy. You're the one that's overcoming. You're the one who can't be defeated. You're the one who has the hand of God on your life and nothing can stop you. The Bible says if God is for you, who can be against you? We're going to finish the rest next week. Come on, just bow your head with me. Thank you, Jesus. You are dreaming. We enter into the land of dreams, not limited by our circumstances, but we enter into the realm of faith above all the issues. We enter into the realm where we can see your promises coming to pass in our lives. We can see it. We can see it in our relationship with you. We can see it in our family. We can see it in our physical body. We can see it in our ministry, in our work. We see the glory of God coming. And we're gonna begin to prepare. What do you wanna do in these areas? What exactly do you wanna do? And we're gonna begin to incubate your promises and see your glory come to pass in our lives. Our lives will declare from this moment on, let your kingdom come in my life. Let your will be done in my life right now in Jesus' name. All across the room today, all across the room, if you say, Pastor Bray, I've never really received Jesus as the Lord of my life. And I, I hear what you're saying, but I never had that experience where God touched me and opened my eyes. Okay, that's okay. We're just going to pray right now, and you're just going to receive him. All across the room, if you're not right with God or you never received Jesus, a miracle is about to happen in your life. Just say it out loud with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all the dumb, selfish mistakes I've made. I'm sorry for allowing the enemy to deceive me and make a fool out of me. I'm sorry, and I repent. I believe, someone say it out loud with me. Pray it with me. Say, I believe on the cross, 
Jesus bled and died. And I believe that his blood paid the price for all my careless sin. And right now, because of what he did on the cross, I receive forgiveness. Come on, say it out loud. I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. Come on, say it with me. I receive eternal life right now. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit saturating my life right now. From this moment forward, all I have is yours. And all that you have is mine. I receive after this moment, old things have passed away and everything has become new. Before we go, I want to pray for you personally. If you prayed that prayer with me today and you really from your heart meant it, that today I got right with God, I made a decision today, I want to say a prayer for you. So don't worry about what anybody else thinks. We're still, everybody's head is still bowed. Everybody's eyes are still closed. If you prayed that prayer with me and you really meant it from your heart, I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand up and say, Pastor Ray, I pray with you. Right now, just lift your hand up real quick. Quick. I see your hand, sweetie. I see it. Anyone else? Say, Pastor Bray, I prayed that prayer with you. God love you. God love you. I see you. Anybody else? Say, Pastor Bray, I prayed. Anybody else? Just you put your hand up, put it right back down because I'm about to pray for you. Anybody else? I see your hand, sweetie. I love you so much. Anybody else? I see your love. I see your hand. That's so, this is your moment. This is a great moment in your life and all heaven is celebrating. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all these precious souls that you love so much that prayed that prayer and you heard them and you, all heaven heard them praying. Even though they were whispering, all heaven heard them praying. Now, Lord, according to their prayer, let the Holy Spirit, let the power of the blood of Jesus cleanse all of their sin. Every memory, every bondage we declare is broken in their life. And we declare freedom over them right now. Father, right now, let the miracle take root. The miracle they prayed before, but let the miracle of the new birth take root in their life right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, we're all going to stand up and just, everybody just lift your hands to Jesus. If you don't mind, he's worthy. Don't be embarrassed. Just lift your hands to Jesus because we're right now, just stand up with me. We're going to make our hands like a big funnel because God is about to activate his promises in your life. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel embarrassed about your past because you're about to be the recipient of the fire and the power of God in your life. Come on, just lift your hands and make a big funnel right now to Jesus. And declare every person, say, say Father, in Jesus' name, I receive fresh fire. I receive a fresh grace, a fresh anointing on my life. And I declare as of this moment 
things are happening inside of me. I declare a new desire for your presence, a new desire for your promises. I declare a new hunger for all that you have for me. And I declare that what you've begun in me, you're going to finish it. I release my faith. You're going to finish this. Come on, you don't mind just, just wave to Jesus a little bit. Just worship him and just say, Jesus, I just want to thank you. You started it, you're going to finish it. You started it, you're going to finish it. I don't have to finish it. You started it, I'm going to finish it. You're going to finish it, I mean. You're going to finish it. Father, in Jesus' name, according to their confession, release the power of God into their house, into their life. Let everything be different. Let the atmosphere of their car, let the atmosphere of their home, let the atmosphere inside their head, and the atmosphere in their marriage and in their children, let it all change now in Jesus' name. Let your glory come and let your will be done in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Come on, give God a shout if you believe it. <laughs> Woo! Hug somebody on your way out.